on two dynamite dudes on a rampage marcus and i preview aew revolution but but we also talk about tony khan's game-changing purchase of ring of honor so big episode here one of our longest ones so tune in to two two who oh i'm saying it two dynamite dudes on a rampage yeah WrestleZone.com, end of podcast heat, and uh, what else? MLW. But Did I'm you also say podcast here. heat like you were from like Britain. Podcast, podcast heat, podcast <laughs> heat. Hello there. Hey, yes, it's me, and I have my degenerate brother, Marcus. Marcus D'Angelo, how are you today? I'm I'm doing quite well here, representing AdFreeShows.com. That's uh, right. <laughs> unofficially, uh, but but no, man, it's uh, quite a week. Quite. What do you mean unofficially? Is this? Well, you know, it's not like ad free was like, "Hey, Marcus, can you go on this podcast and represent our podcast <laughs> <laughs> or represent our our network?" We can play it off like it was, though. Can we? Nesha, what's up, Stephen? What's up, John? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining All us right. again. John was a newcomer last week. I yeah, think. Yeah, um, that's right. He was. He was. Yeah. Is it three weeks in a row, or is it four weeks in a row? Four now? weeks, baby. Four weeks, that's, Nesha. I think weeks. just with you. I I'm on a five week streak right now. Dang. So we're back in the business of it. And hey, what a business we are in, huh? Holy smokes, what a business Tony Khan is in. Before we even get to the AEW Revolution Revolution pay-per-view, we have the news that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Uh obviously there's a lot of speculation to that uh beforehand. And now it has come to fruition. And Tony Khan uh has bought the ROH library and now it looks like uh, we're going to be cooking with a lot of different things going on, Marcus. What do you think about all this? I think we brought it up on the podcast, didn't we? Oh, we did. It was like one of the options uh, among the many things that he could be announcing. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I think it makes perfect sense, really. And by the way, it uh, opens up more opportunity for it. Now that Tony Khan owns both products, he can say, okay, I'm going to have a, an ROH TV show now. And then he can uh, take some of this overflow of talent and have another program for them. The ish like where I'm kind of thinking is like okay so uh, yeah I want another ROH show like a, a separate show kind of thing I think that'd be awesome like very much like they have a roster that could be brand splitted at this point in time but um, where are they gonna air this at is it gonna you know do they have something else going on I mean that's what I want to know you know well you know it's uh, I think that Tony Khan is is uh, track record now with uh, with Turner so I guess you never know Dom. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that's not to say necessarily it would be through Turner, but it's, uh, he's got some pretty deep pockets and if he's motivated enough, I'm sure that he could find himself, uh, nationally, nationally televised with ROH. I mean, uh, you know, with that ardent wrestling fan, ROH's name, you know, rings quite a bit. 
it's, it has lost its luster over the past few years, but I remember Marcus when I first moved to Pittsburgh here back in like 2016, it was NXT and it was ROH like buttonheads real good. And um, Nesha's bouncing. She's got. She's at an indie show. Yeah, she's at an indie show. Yeah, you have. Thanks for popping in, Nesha. She yeah. said she was gonna make it. And she made it. That's awesome. Have fun, she's, Nesha. We'll talk to you next week. Way more reliable than you are, Marcus. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. She's bouncing around the middle of the podcast. Dom, we just started. We're, we're three <laughs> minutes in. Three minutes in. <laughs> but <laughs> she's doing the old, uh, the old uh, Tammy. Remember when Tammy told us to wrap it up? Oh yeah, Tammy. Oh Tammy, miss her. Oh that gem. Uh yes, but like yeah, but back in 2016, it was ROH and it was NXT buttonheads. Like they were the hot commodity. And obviously the landscape has changed since then, very much so. But, um, you know, there was there's a legacy behind Ring of Honor. You have a whole different, like that library not only speaks to like a lot of their current day roster of what AEW has, but you had a lot of like personalities coming in and out of there too as well. Like Bruno San Martino made an appearance in Ring of Honor, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Rick Flair, I think, also is there at the point. Those are all names that you do not associate with Ring of Honor in the least. Uh, Dominic uh, Stephen Chambers bringing up a point that that we had touched on last week uh, is a library, ROH Library. I know they've got a lot, many, many hours and hours and hours of, of film, and um, you know, in, in theory. I think that they could start a library, much like WWE Network, for a streaming service. However, what is the uh, what is the interest like? Do you think there's a, a deep enough interest, or is this really only? I mean, you know, you you talk to like a a lapsed ROH or a pro wrestling fan, you yeah. know, like uh, I I think a good example would be how I was back in like 2009, where I had been out of wrestling for you know since probably about 2001 or so. Uh, just hadn't really followed the product or whatever. I had no idea what ROH was um, at that time. Uh, do you think that that's the case with like these kind of fringe fans? Where I, I don't know that there would be enough of a a call for it. That's the uh, yeah. That's kind of the thing. I think it's gonna almost be like a reverse way of WWE uh, how they went. Like because you know uh, the WWE Network was such a such a big aspect of it was the the gigantic library of you know, catalog of matches and stars and history and things like that. And you look at the it, advantage of nostalgia. Yes. They have the advantage of nostalgia. So what, and like they're granted now there's some nostalgia to ROH and ring of honor, but not doesn't pack as much as a punch because you know, when ROH started catching fire, uh, the attitude era was finishing up. WCW obviously was no more. So like we weren't in the like big heat of like the, the pro wrestling boom. So, but there's, I mean, like, you still have the fans that were tuning in back then, like the fans of, like, you name it, like CM Punk, uh, you know, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Nigel McGuinness, uh, Samoa Joe, all that. So there's a little bit, but Marcus, I think it's going to be more in the lines of Tony Khan, how is he going to strategize AEW and position AEW to uh, attract new fans and maybe associate those new fans with that ROH library. And then, you know, maybe you get another kind of uh, matter of like a, a new wrestling community uh, churning a little bit, if you will. But that I think it's going to be more of a reverse effect than it will be a historical effect. It will be incentive for ardent fans to maybe purchase like an HBO Max if that's where they're going or wherever. But um, I think um, hopefully the, the return of this will be a little bit more um, on the reverse side where it's like an AEW audience is being introduced to 
the historical background of its stars as well as some a little bit of wrestling history as well i, I mean know. in my in my head it's you know you establish roh as a national brand for maybe a couple of years uh get it some national exposure you know uh because you know you can make the argument uh well you know wwe overtook wcw's library and it worked well wcw was on national television for years Right. Um, so there's a big difference. ROH was on like limited television. Um, I think I was getting it on Access TV here at the end. It was something like that. I don't remember where. I only on. heard about Brian Danielson through word of mouth and the internet. Uh, right. Until he was actually on NXT, it was all kind of hearsay for me, like in like of who he was and you know what he was. And but I was pumped when he got to WWE and it, on that NXT brand, the very early NXT stuff. So really, the approach is to give ROH exposure through your national television, whether it's like referencing it, uh, referencing it a lot on on AEW, showing clips of old matches is, is like a lead up to the main event of the night, uh, establishing ROH on its own uh, national television network uh, or broadcast network or however, whatever it is that they figure out. Um, and then after maybe a few years of establishing the brand, you say, Hey, by the way, we've got a streaming service now and we've got a very deep library of ROH. Hey, you guys love ROH. You've been watching it now on national TV for a couple of years. Check it out. We've got, we've got the full library. I, I really think that that's kind of going to be the only way it works. Well, Marcus, I think something that plays into the favor of AEW and Tony Khan as well is ROH is its own name. Like it's its own brand, its own wrestling promotion that has an established background. So, Unlike WWE, where they do a brand split of SmackDown versus Raw, you know, um, and then they have the Raw titles and then the respective SmackDown titles, you have your very own titles that you can run with on each product, and it won't make either show seem lesser than. You know what I mean? Depending on the amount of time and hours that you have for each show, you know, um, I think you can really present ROH in, in its own way and make those titles seem almost or equally important as the AEW title. Hey, look, you know, I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm not knocking Tony picking up ROH. I think that if you can afford to make that investment, you make it. Um, you're not going to get an immediate return on investment, but I think that long-term, he's going to get what he paid and way, way more. Uh, you know, it's, not only if he does it right, but look at it this way too, Dom. He now can make both... AW action figures and ROH action figures. He can have ROH people on the AW video game. Um, right. So there's there's a lot of options that would entice fans. Um, and I, like I said, I, I think it's gonna take some time to establish ROH in in the mind of of you know the regular Joe wrestling fan. But I really think that it's gonna wind up being a, a strong investment for him. Uh, Dom, do you want to take some of these fan? fan comments questions yeah let's t let's address a couple of these you know i call them fans i don't know that these people would want our autographs family questions Dominic. family questions. uh family or listener questions feels more appropriate <laughs> <laughs> i consider them family hey look if you if you guys want an autograph just give me give me an, an address would you send it <laughs> for free or would you charge marcus uh only five dollars like like virgil dom Virgil charged you ten at first, and then you haggled him down to five. He tried to tried to charge me ten. And I was like, "Look, man, I got five. I had ten, but I didn't want to give him ten. Look, Virgil, like, you're just lingering around the Greensburg Mall just because Bruno, <laughs> San Martino, and Dominic Danucci are here. You're not even on the same floor as they I, are. I think he brought his own folding table, and he was yeah. like, "All right, Bruno San Martino's downstairs. I'm just gonna hang out upstairs." And see if anybody comes by. And lo and behold, Slapdick Marcus came Slapdick by. Slapdick Marcus gave, gave him a full Abe Lincoln. 
That's right. Hey, Orange Julius is on me, pal. Just take a photo. Even at the time, I was like thinking in my head, Marcus, don't do this. And you did it, motherfucker. I, I'm going to frame that photo. I'm going to frame it. Exactly, I haven't framed it yet. But you I know, it's well over 10 years old. So it's uh, one of these days, dumb. You better get on that. <laughs> All right. Stephen Chambers says, I don't think Cody going to WWE. Numerous sources say talks has fizzled out. Wonder if Cody goes to ROH. Yeah, so the, that uh, report came from uh, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net that talks have fizzled out between WWE and Cody. Um, I, Marcus, uh, from what it sounded like, too, I think it was Melter that said, like, these things were – this was – oh, no, I think it was the same report that Cassidy Haynes made was that, um, you know, uh, Cody leaving was a legitimate thing. Like, it was not a shoot. So, I mean, like, as much speculation as we gave to all that stuff. It was not a work, you mean? It was not a work, yeah. Yes, if I – reverse those but um yeah so i mean if you're cody what do you do man do you get do you uh go back uh and see what what aw and roh has to offer offer or what uh i mean obviously like from a creative standpoint that's where we think you should go but i don't know this feels like a red herring to me you think so uh, yeah i think Could be, you know i i think we see cody on raw the night after wrestlemania oh you think he's still in w you on w you are yeah yeah there's there's always a big surprise the night after wrestlemania and i would not be a bit shocked if it's cody rhodes mm. maybe i don't know it's something it's something wait and see it's just been such a roller coaster of uh of rumors and speculation and reports and it's like where is this all gonna land so John Howard, new guest of the show, says so many damn roster cuts on WWE. WWE could afford quite a bit to split, quite the split, and make one's titles for both shows. So yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think having the both shows, uh, he does mean for uh, could afford to quit the split. Oh yes, I'm with you on that, John. Definitely so much. I think uh, their titles are so diluted right now. I think I told Marcus this before. Mar- well, Marcus knows this anyways, but my favorite title is the intercontinental title and i don't give a shit about it right now i just don't <laughs> that being said it's i think it's cool that ricochet got it um yeah. just because i like him and he would make a good intercontinental champion but you know they fucked up the design of it and worse yeah. they fucked up the prestige of it because like everybody has had it a million times you know back in the back in the 90s when jeff jarrett made it to six uh, intercontinental championship reigns that was really remarkable stuff yeah. Um. Like. Wow. Like Jeff Jarrett has gotten this title. I remember six like times. It being such a huge feather in my like fandom cap that Razor Ramon had it four times. Like he was a record holder for that amount of time. Right. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Like that meant something. Now it doesn't. Yeah. No, How many no, times does Sami Zayn or or whoever's hold it? You know. I will say though, Marcus. Uh, a bit of the uh, outside the bracket uh, fan of me did want to see Sami Zayn defend his Intercontinental title against Johnny Knoxville. So. I'll tell you, I am I am less than zero percent interested in Johnny Knoxville being at WrestleMania. I have no heat with Johnny Knoxville whatsoever. I like him. Well, now you do. <laughs> I think yeah. If he hears this, we'll have we'll have shoot heat, dumb. But I, I like when I heard it's like why why it's like to me that's like bringing in Judge Judy. It's like kind of a celebrity. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Nate wants to dispel any family association with. Oh us. wow, he's like, yeah, I ain't your brother, me. just a listen, fan. Listen, listen, we're not family, but I would hey, like an autograph. Um, why don't you get fuck yourself? <laughs> that's what, that's that what Nate's said, saying. That being said, can you sign this Dom action figure? <laughs> um, Dom. Let's yes. see what else. Uh, um. I'm trying to think there was something else I wanted to say about ROH and, and all that. Oh yeah. Marcus from a talent perspective and just the way it's presented and everything like that. 
Uh, I know it's kind of a broad question, but how would you differentiate AEW from ROH? Would you take a certain route that immediately comes to mind? Or do you think that takes a little... I mean, obviously, it'll take more planning, but just from your perspective. So really, I, I think that... Uh... I think it opens up some opportunities for some some other belts. We have like a United States title. Um, that's like here's here's the point I'm trying to get to. Uh, I was I was about to take a long way around, and I realized it as, as I was getting into that sentence. Um, I think that you introduce more titles to AEW, but you have only AEW titles valid on ROH programming. Um, so that being said, it's like maybe Sammy Guevara shows up with his TNT title one random night on ROH and defends it. And if a guy captures it on ROH, then all of a sudden, you know, it's featured mostly on that TV show. And then same thing with the same thing with the world title, same thing with the, the tag titles, just because as you, as you, as you said, I think that there's too many titles as there is and it was diluted. But that being said with more people, um, like in, in a sense, I'm looking at it is one giant roster split across two brands. Um, and you have only only uh, titles from one of those brands uh, be the the, uh, the valid sought after title. That's my thought. Uh, I'm kind of against that. I feel I feel like if you kept them to their respective shows and and uh, company, I think that makes them mean more. Like you keep them in Doesn't... that. Yeah, because if Sammy's going over and he ends up dropping the title to say, like, just for a hypothetical Jonathan Gresham or somebody like that, um, then it's like, okay, well, where's the, 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 you know, where's the dynamic and parameters that, that it kind of breaks that, that wall that, uh, that really establishes a brand from the brain. So if you, I, I'm with you that maybe you can have Sammy Guevara go over to ROH and wrestle the match, but his title cannot be on the Here's, I think- here's here's my thought, though, is that if you've got huge fans of AEW, people who never want to miss AEW, um, I think that if you start giving their belts over on the other side or having it kind of split between, like imagine if, uh, let's say that they get, we'll, we'll use Gresham as an example. Gresham captures the AEW title, and now everybody on AEW programming is trying to get that title. Um, all of a sudden, if you weren't going to tune into ROH, but you're a huge AEW fan, you're saying, I got to see what's going on with ROH. They, they got AEW's title over there. I got to watch it. Well, I think it kind of adds to the fact that uh, you want to um, get a good balance of who's who on which brand. You know what I mean? If you're doing going that route. You know what I mean? So it's like if you have enough incentive to be like, okay, well, uh, CM Punk's a part of ROH, but Brian Danielson's a part of AEW. Then, How about John's idea down here, Dom? See, the champion lost on ROH. They stay on the show. So champion. if, if oh. Sammy Guevara loses his belt, he would then be part of the ROH brand. See, I like that more. I think that's a pretty cool idea. But, but then, like, what happens to the title? You know what I mean? Does, does it just get sent that, back? That to person? AEW? No, no. The like John Gresham or whoever beat him keeps it, and it's featured on that program until somebody from AEW captures it. I don't know. And then I'm John giving... Gresham goes over there. That's not a bad move. If that think... could be it, that could. I don't be know. It. I, th- I think it could keep the product. Fresh. I think. I think you would have to. I want. I would want a couple, at least a couple years or something before you maybe started having that transition over. I mean, we're getting far ahead, but this is all speculation stuff, anyway. So, I mean, uh, I just, would want a couple years. Yeah, we're just fucking uh, like yanking the chain here. 
Dom, Steve Chambers made a good point here a second ago. Uh, get the belt collector, Matt Cardona. I love Matt Cardona. If I was starting a wrestling promotion, I would I would give Matt Cardona a giant contract and be part of it. Look, he, he's, been... he's really, really trended upward since he's been released from WWE. I mean, you could argue that he is more famous and popular now than he was as Zack Ryder on WWE TV, getting tons of action figures through their, you know, brand. Uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, what a self promoter that guy, if I was starting a wrestling company, I'm getting Matt Cardona instantly. Have you seen his, uh, t-shirt store on pro wrestling tees? No. Or at least the images for it. He like, usually, uh, a talent has like one graphic that showcases like the major- majority or all their t-shirts. He had two fucking graphics that had all his t-shirts like available and stuff like that. Unbelievable. It's, yes. And like, you know, he, he's able to come up with stuff that associates whether it's nwa or gcw or like impact um, i to me podcast. the nwa title is still a really big deal uh like that's the title that harley race held you know what i mean it's rick, rick flair, flair still like admires yeah. that title right? admires and covets it uh hulk hogan has has said in the past that you know in 2003 when he was thinking about coming to tna a big part of it was because he wanted that title yeah uh, because he like respected it so much so like now matt cardona has that title it's just, mm-hmm. it's wild. It is pretty crazy. In a, in a great way. I love it that Cardona has it. See, um, yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of good stuff to come with Ring of Honor being purchased. A lot of the ardent, apparently really ardent fans of ROH were very upset that Tony Khan bought it. I mean, but oh, what the fuck do you think is going to happen to this company? If it, you want to <laughs> just buy it. Yeah, uh, they were under Sinclair, which was an awful broadcast system that never promoted the, what they had on their show whatsoever. They didn't give a fuck about it. I love this company so much. I don't want to see it have success ever again. <laughs> yeah, really, this is its best shot. This uh, was its only shot, basically. The, uh, if not this, then it goes the way of UWF. Just fucking dies and goes away. Jeez, oh man. But yeah, Marcus. Um, anything else you want to touch about about ROH and the prospects of what what's to come? Maybe. I think it opens up a lot of opportunity. I think that Tony Khan should still be. Uh, selective when it comes to filling out his roster um whether regardless of which show it's going to be on but you know to my point john howard's point your point a little bit i'm sure steven is in on this a little um i think it opens up tons of opportunity for uh for swapping talent moving talent around featuring more talent um so yeah i think it's I think it's ultimately a really good thing. And like I said, Tony Khan, it's it's a business move. I'm sure he spent a shitload of money to get the rights to all things ROH. But now, he, you know, much like uh, Disney bought Lucas Arts rights, um, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, now it's mine. And now how do I monetize it? And I think that Tony Khan is smart enough that he'll, he'll uh, get his money back and then some. Here's a proposition that I think would be a pretty cool way to – to make ROH stand out, even at the bare minimum, and this is how I would do it, even at the bare minimum, and I, this is how I'd prefer to do it, is you only have an hour for this show. Only present it for an hour. Pick a select amount of talent that you want on there, like, um, you know, showcase eight certain stars or something to that effect, where it's like you really look back at, like, the 2013 NXT or the... Um, what was another? Oh, MLW right now. Like, there's a matter of how that an hour show is presented, and I think you can really take advantage of that by selecting a few few talent to be on that show and uh, really positioning them. Therefore, you are really elevating stars 
and making them uh, to a level of like, hey, um, these guys and gals can really be uh, somebody that like could be the next big thing going. And so if you position them in that matter, um, then that only elevates ROH brand name legacy and it can you can transition that over and you get that more of an opportunity with less talent on AEW to do the same thing with AEW. Maybe AEW has more talent on there and more things, but if you really hone in on one hour, select few talent on this ROH product, uh, then you you could get some stuff cooking a little bit. No doubt about it. Um, hey, Stephen Chambers uh, posed an interesting question here. Dom, uh, why not bring back wrestling Saturday night, 6.05, like the old school JCP? I think that the biggest problem there is that your demo that you're seeking is 18 to 49-year-olds. And uh, a, it's big Saturday chunk, night, baby. A, a big chunk of that demo is out getting fucked up at the bar. Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think that's the, the biggest issue you'd bump into. Yeah, I mean, as far as like a nostalgia feel, that's pretty cool I, uh, idea and stuff like that. But you really have to focus on, okay, what is the landscape of viewership and how people uh, consume television and media nowadays? I think Saturday night would be just a dog shit slot to be in. Uh, Really, at this point, if you're going to start a new wrestling promotion, you're probably looking at it would have to be Tuesday or Wednesday. No, but not Wednesday, Tuesday. John, you mentioned you wish Lucha Underground is still around. Well, it kind of is. Uh, I recommend I write for them, so... uh, shameless plug but i write for major league wrestling and um they have basically what you're looking for and azteca underground uh dario cueto the owner there he's now goes as cesar duran and there's so many elements of lucha underground there references to lucha underground uh they do special shows that are very much like lucha underground so uh give that a check that out go on youtube uh, you'll see what I'm talking about immediately if you just watch an episode of Fusion. And there's some shows on there called MLW Azteca. So type in Major League Wrestling on YouTube. You'll find it. It's good shit, they've, man. They've got a talent there, uh, Danny Limelight, um, yes. who was oh. on AEW for a while. Uh-huh. Um, super, super talented guy. Reminds me a lot of Ricochet. And when you watch Ricochet, you're like, all right, so that's like the only human that can do that. Nope. Danny Limelight is very much out of this cup. And... Let me say this. Danny Limelight is an amazing fucking promo. Like, top friend notch. Of friend of the show. He is friend he was, of the show. He was on the show. Yes. Um, he um, is such a good promo. Uh, 5150, he's a, one of the tag team champions in Major League Wrestling. Uh, you'll see, if you watch the latest episode, you'll see a promo where it's just like, holy shit. They, uh, 5150, I do not want to fuck with. They have, they have that uh, identity, which is really, really good. So, it's a great show. You'll really like that, John. It's only an hour to what I was talking about. So, Dom Sylvania has joined us. What's up? Yeah, yeah. what's Sylvania? up? Thanks what's for up? Being here. Yeah. Go ahead, John. What is this? Um, let's see. Is it produced like Lucha? Thought it made the show unique. Yes. So elements are there's cut scenes that very much uh, harken back to Lucha Underground. You'll see. Um, presentation wise, like uh, maybe the matches are filmed a little bit differently, but overall. Like you'll see, you'll def, you'll you'll know what you're you're getting. You'll see it. You'll see the Lucha Underground vibes in it for sure, for sure. Um, all right, Margus. Hey, geez, we're almost thirty minutes in, and we haven't even got to the to the pre to the, the, preview to the of show. Revolution, Margus. First off, before I guess we get into that though, any thoughts on this past Dynamite and or Rampage? Um. Not not a ton that, that's really leaping off the page. I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing was was the CM Punk uh, MJF angle yes. there at the end. 
Um, boy, did, did CM Punk get color. Holy smokes. Marcus, um, did you like the execution of all of that too? How it all yep. played out? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, uh, as MJF was hugging him, I knew in that instant, I was like, okay, well, this isn't ending like this. Um, and honestly, I was like, I'm probably kicking the balls. And then, and then seconds (laughs) later kicked him in the balls. So were you, did you find it believable that like CM Punk played into that? Um, yes, I thought it was convincing where CM Punk was like, okay, this is a young kid who really admired me. And he was in tears last week. And it's time to time to stop being a wrestler and start being a human. That was he came out. Yeah, with he was that like, vibe. I'm trying. I'm trying. Right, right. Be a better person. Right. He came out with that vibe where it's like, okay, I hurt somebody's feelings really bad by kind of being this antagonistic guy on the mic like I usually am. He was like, so I'm trying to make good for it. So yeah, actually, I thought it was very believable. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. That was really good. Um, yeah, I think that was the the probably the biggest takeaway of the evening. Um, trying to think what else really stood out to me. Um, as far as, I mean, Rampage, uh, Marcus, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it, that three-way match between Andrade, Sammy Guevara, and Darby, holy fuck. That was great. I did not, yeah, that was... I didn't want Andrade to get the pin, take the pin, but otherwise than that, I, it positioned him as like, okay, he can be a star. He can be a star, no doubt. Yeah, it wasn't crazy about the the giant spot power bomb slash vertical suplex. I was okay with it. It made it. It was a little bit more believable than what those usually are uh, tend to be. You know what I mean? Here's here's the deal though, and this is why I didn't like it. It's like as a shoot, if I'm about to give somebody a vertical suplex and then somebody else is trying to power bomb me, I don't give a shit about this person anymore. I'm just like throwing them off of me so I can fair get point. out of this power bomb situation. <laughs> you know, point. I wouldn't still be trying to sustain it. Like, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> you know but maybe I mean? from a from a physics standpoint, you're being like, maybe I can have them take the majority of the the blow when I hit the ground. As a maybe, match. maybe. You know, it's uh, the idea with a, a vertical suplex because everybody's like, well, the, both their backs are hitting. How come How come it doesn't hurt the guy who gives it in theory? And it's like, well, in theory, he's got an arm wrapped around the back of his neck as he's falling. There again, so does the other guy. So I don't know what to think here. Well, the one guy that's in the vertical suplex is higher up. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go, Not Dom. Marcus. There you go. Gravity. Uh, Dom, thoughts on Buff Bagwell checking into dad's program i assume he's going for ddp's program oh really uh if it, i i and i do think i heard that buff actually uh had to cancel a weekend gig because he wanted to go uh get his wellness right at, at ddp's crib well, accountability Academy crib. yeah i mean if anybody can get it done it's ddp and i think uh bagwell i will say just in like i interviewed him once and i also like just kind of seeing his personality and stuff it seems like he wants help and like, yeah. hey, going in for that, you know, that's showing a sign that you want to get help. So hopefully, you know, it, things go in the right direction. I would love to see Buff back on his feet. Um, he's had a rough go of things for sure. Yeah. And, you know, here's here's the thing is you always hear all this shit about Buff Bagwell, like kind of being a, a shit bag and a shit disturber backstage and an asshole and super into himself and all that kind of thing. Well, a guy like DDP at, through the years has maintained that he loves Buff Bagwell. Super good guy. DDP's got a really big heart. He's a really good guy. So if he is saying like, hey, Buff Bagwell's a good person then I think he is. And I think that, that the versions of Buff that we've seen over the years or that other people have seen and then reported on over the years isn't really him in his right mind. And so, it's like, uh, hey, like if you're at a level that maybe he was at there too, 
I mean, wrestlers and people in general have egos. So like you ride on that train of having an ego, you don't, you get lost in the woods a little bit. And his, his whole life. He's been this like very super good looking guy. He's, he's jacked up. He, his, he came from a, a wealthy family initially. Um, and then all of a sudden he's famous and he's making a ton of money. It would be hard to not have an ego. Yeah. It'd be hard to give zero fucks about anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, yeah, I, DDP can get it done, man. He's shown it. He's got the attitude and the positivity for it. So DDP's a good man. Yes. Marcus, all right. It is time. We preview AW Revolution. What a card. What a um, card. We're going to just go down in order. And if we happen to come across some things that remind us of what happened on, you know, Rampage or, or Dynamite, then we can talk about it as we talk about the match itself. Let's do it. So here we go. Marcus, we're starting with the buy-in right away. Uh, it is Hook versus QT Marshall. Uh, Hook's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's very much kind of seems that uh, Rampage is Hook's show, right? So yeah. um, I would kind of keep continue to ride that wave. But, Marcus, that being said, would he not be one of the perfect introductory talents for an ROH brand? For sure. For sure. I like Hook. And I th- it's this weird, like, it's it's very much a Daniel Bryan, like, grassroots sort of uh, popularity that he's got, where it's like, the fans just like him. And all of a sudden, it, it becomes a thing, you know, so like, fans like a, a, a group of fans like him, and then more fans start to like him because they hear how, how excited those fans are. It's like this ripple effect until finally, like every time this dude walks out, he gets this massive pop, and everybody likes him. So if if I'm Tony Khan, I ride that fucking wave. And like, no way he loses to QT Marshall here, of course. Um, but really down the road, it's like, I think it would be fun to see Hook kind of slowly building his way toward the main event um yes. in like a goldberg-ish fashion like really how fun would it be dominic you know six months down the road if you you've got keith lee continuing to dominate people and then hook is continuing to dominate people and then it's like all right these two have a match you've got tiny little hook with enormous keith lee and hook beats him could you imagine the crowd reaction damn that'd be nuts that would be fucking nuts and then i mean you you build you build a guy like that toward the main event when you get like this grassroots fan supported just everybody loves him thing that you start you start thinking okay i need to start to figure out how i'm going to get this guy in the main event if i'm tony khan i'm looking eight months down the road to like all right him and mjf uh mjf with the world title and hook trying to take it off him see yeah that's pretty damn cool i i'm really like Wanting hook in ROH right now. <laughs> sure. But yeah. I just uh, really do not let him stop dominating. Don't mm-hmm. do any of that. Don't do any of that shit where he like takes a takes a fall to support the CM Punk. Really, if anything, if you wrestle CM Punk, he needs to go over. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, he's got such a neat brand too. Like just his t-shirts are simple and uh, they have the old Taz font. <laughs> it's like that's some good shit. Good, simple marketing right there. Yeah, and I just like the fact that it's like, you know, he's not this enormous guy, but he's like, he's this tough, scrappy kid who just knows how to shoot on people. And yeah. he just he just comes out there and fucks people up. Judo throw the shit out of people. I love it. I love I it. I do too. All right, next up, Marcus, we have Layla Hirsch taking on Chris Statlander. Uh, what do you expect from this? Um, I think that Chris Statlander is going to win um, just because I see a ton of main event potential in her. Um, I, and when I say, I think that she will, it's, it's more like me saying, I hope that she will, because I can see her, she's, she's gotten so much better. 
and it feels like all the time she's getting better. I think her promo work needs a little polish, but uh, aside from that, she's she's money. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, from the Layla Hirsch side, I mean, we've talked about her before and how unique and you know powerful she is too. Uh, you know, I really do think you want to position her too a little bit more, and you know, maybe giving her the win at this show uh, kind of makes her on that track. So, you're, are you going with Chris on this one? I'm going with Chris. All right, I'll go with Layla on this one, and obviously before I'm going with Hook too. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a good two buy-in matches, I would say. You know, uh, absolutely get a good mix in there starting off. Now, that uh, when we get to the show here, it is the AEW TBS Championship. Jade, Car- Jade Cargill versus Ty Conte. I don't, I don't know if this one needs a lot of discussion. We know who's no. going to win. Dumb. Um, Tony Khan is intentionally positioning Jade Cargill as a Goldberg type figure, um, and Goldberg isn't going to be dropping any any losses anytime soon. Agreed, agreed. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Jade wins. She had a good little promo, funny promo on uh, on Rampage, um, and yeah, I think you just keep co- like like Hook, keep cooking with her. You Much know? like Hook, yes. Much like Hook. Yep. Um, let's see here. Yes, Stephen agrees with us. Jade retains. All right. Next up is the Tornadoes Trios match: the Andrade Hardy Family Office, Andrade El Elo. Uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy with Jose the Assistant, enemy of the show, versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara. Who do you got? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty obvious one to me. It's uh, Guevara, Sting, and and uh, Darby Allen. Now, you know, as I'm saying that, that being said, I'm like, you know, El Idolo's been been doing the job uh, here to Guevara a couple times now. Matt Hardy, when's the last time we saw him get a big win? Um, so as I'm, as I'm seeing this, it's making me wonder that being said, um, Jeff Hardy has kind of sort of openly confirmed that he's coming to AEW. So one way to get to the Hardy boys is to have Matt Hardy's little team here, take a loss and Matt Hardy disband them. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it would cause me concern if it was somebody else, like, um, I don't know, somebody established, like an established name. I think you can get isaiah cassidy since they've been uh positioning him in the story of him like kind of like dropping the ball with the family office and everything like that for him to take the pinfall and then that kind of gets the ball rolling with uh, hardy being like i'm gonna get the fuck out of this there's been tension between the family office and everything like that um and you know we're gonna see it's jeff and matt together and them more than likely going up against private party for their opening feud in all elite wrestling yeah and, and we're we're working toward the hardy boys and the bucks let's face it yeah i then that's been teased on being the elite so there we go yeah so i will go with sammy sting and darby i'm with you all right next up the AEW world tag team championship it's jurassic express jungle boy and luciosaurus the champions versus red dragon bobby fish and kyle o'reilly versus the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. Marcus, who do you got for this one? This is a tough one, Dom, because, uh, you know, they've been doing the whole, like, uh, Red Dragon and, and the Young Bucks are kind of friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, seem like they're working for the same team. So, in theory, you're seeing this and you're like, okay, well, I think that, uh, that they're going to work together. Um, but that being said... Um, yeah, it's kind of a tough one. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have had those belts for a very short period of time. Um, 
So my, my first inclination is to say that they get the win. But I think that uh, I'm going with John Howard here. I think Red Dragon's going to come out with it. Yeah, you know. Um, They're actually a team that would benefit from belts. I really think so, too. I agree. And I think they do need to get these belts because, you know, we're talking about this uh, getting lost in the shuffle of AEW and their, their gigantic roster. I feel um, that Red Dragon has been kind of uh, in – dire straits with that so i think giving them the belts here uh and as tag team champions you can have them just go on a roll and just start fucking dominating people like and i'm i'm ready for jungle boy to go singles yeah by the too. way by the way jungle boy and hook come on come on now come on yes uh luchasaurus where would you put him then uh i would turn him evil and pair him with abaddon okay uh, yeah as i as i i may have mentioned a few times you've mentioned that a couple times i mm-hmm. i'm not against that I'm not against He's a big, like, scary-looking dude. His tattoos look scary. You know, he's got, like, a green tongue thing going on. I would get him out of the dinosaur gimmick and just put, like, some creepy-ass mask on him. Keep the green tongue. That's freaky. Um, And just have him pair up with Abaddon. And, like I said, Dominic, for those of you who are new to the chat, <laughs> think about how great this idea is for a second. Slowly, Lucha Feel Force, free to take pause. Take listeners. pause. Everybody, if you've got a cup of coffee, just take a sip and enjoy this. Um, Picture, like, he just starts acting weird. He's just acting different, very distant. He's not doing, like, his weird hiss thing anymore. Um, And, you know, Jungle Boy is like, what's what's going on with you? Like, what is the problem? And he's just like, I don't know, man. And, uh, like, same thing with Christian Cage. He's, like, checking on him. Like, I don't know, man. He's not he's not being himself. They're in a dark locker room. And those two leave. And we're still watching. He's being a bit cold-blooded cold-blooded shut the fuck up and and we're we're he's he's there shrouded in shadow just like sitting in the locker room the camera's focused on him and then all of a sudden a hand comes out of the shadow and, and touches luchasaurus on the shoulder we work this through a few times that some similar things keep happening and then we find that it's abaddon and abaddon has like has like poisoned his mind and taken him over now he now he's her monster i think that that would be fucking sick you know, that would establish him. I mean, like, people might push back against it because of the Supernatural-esque vibe to it. But, I mean, he's a fucking dinosaur anyways. I mean, so, he's he's a dinosaur. At one point, we dropped some orange juice from the ceiling. This doesn't feel like a giant leap for me. <laughs> you could buy into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I think um, it would be beneficial for both. Both uh and, and now we've got, like, this giant, this fucking massive dude who's who's now a creepy heel. It's, it, it's that to me, this is a layup. Yes. Um, Marcus, a match I don't think I have listed here, but was basically made um, is Death Triangle and going up against, um, oh God, help me out here. It's Eric Rowan has joined the Death Triangle. Eric Redbeard. Yep. Eric Redbeard. And uh, they're coming up against uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so those other uh, house of black for crying house of black house yeah. of black yes i don't have that listed on here um where would you go with this one it feels like eric rowan is is brand new i don't know that he's all elite yet so if yeah, he were if he was all elite i would say um that yes he's fresh to the company so probably him uh but i don't think he is and i think that house of black goes over I think they. I think Kyle's a black kind of just needs to go over, right? Well, and and Buddy Murphy's new too. Yes. Whatever that dude's name is now, Buddy Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm a house of black. House of black. Okay, 
Uh, now we're getting to more interesting items. But yeah, we both chose Red Dragon, right? Red Dragon. Yeah, Red Dragon wins. Okay. Ryan Danielson versus John Moxley. Uh, Marcus. So what, yeah. I thought they were friends or tag partners. Well, here's the thing. Teams. We we um. Well, they were gonna. The, the stipulation was made. John Moxley does not align with somebody unless he beats. He fights them in the ring first, basically. Right? No, I see. I don't remember hearing this shit. That was two weeks ago. And then last week, we kind of were like, okay, hey, looks like they're going to form an alliance. But, dude, Brian Danielson's, like, all in heel now. Like, after he beat um, Christopher Daniels. He continued to whoop his ass. Continued to whoop his ass. That's not a babyface move. Uh, You know, and then Moxie comes in and confronts him. So, um, it's looking like that this alliance is not going come to come to pass. So with that maybe in mind, or hey, make your own goddamn decision. Where do you think this match is going to head? Who's going to be the winner? And um, yeah, but what's the lay of the land here for you? Mox wins. I think it's an it's an obvious one. Um, is it? He's yeah, he's back. He he just came back to the company. Um, I think, and he referenced the fact that he's never defeated uh, Brian Danielson. I think that it's it's pretty clear cut. Mox is going to win this one, and then maybe they form an alliance. I don't know though. He's Brian Danielson was a big time heel there. Like you're yeah. you're kicking Christopher Daniels, who just came back too, and not only that, he's got a bloody eye. He um and he's like fifty, so it's not a baby face move. It's not a baby it's all, face. It's all baby face to me. Oh my. <laughs> uh, no, it's of course no. It was a heel move, but I don't know, man. It's uh he keeps walking the line a little bit between heel and baby face. The crowd treats him like a baby face. I don't know what to think about it. All right, you're going Mox. Yeah, Mox is winning. Don't be silly. Is it that silly, though, to think Danielson could win? Yep. I don't know. Mox recently returned. Yeah, okay, I'll be tell. Mox. Mox wins. You talk to me. He could use a big win. He could use one. Let's see. I just want to make sure we're not missing anything here in the um, chat. Stephen Have Chambers Cardona thinks- come and fuck them both up, Dom. That's from John Howard. Oh. I I don't know. I, I'd like to see more NWA crossover. I like what Matt Cardona is doing, though, specifically with Impact. I, I can't speak for his NWA work, but him, what he's done in GCW and stuff has been really cool. Um, I think he's on his own path right now. I don't think he would fit right into this feud at the moment in time. Um, but, yes. Let's see. Somebody said something about Ultimate Dragon. John Hat. Oh, John Howard said Ultimate Dragon from Lucha would be cool to see. Oh, I don't know who that one is exactly, but he says also drop the dinosaur game. Uh, Ultimo Dragon is still wrestling, by the way. Yeah, and I guess he's in phenomenal shape. Well, make him all elite. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, you know who I would love to see be all elite? Dom hmm. is X Pac. Dude, yeah, wrestling GCW down in Texas, man. I saw highlights from the match, and he's bumping like he always did. He looks like a million bucks out there. Get him in the game again. For real, he was he was up down, flat backing, uh, had his uh, had all of his spin kicks and shit. He looks great, dude. Sean Waltman was awesome. Like as six, he was. I loved him as the lightning. I was just gonna say, bring him in as six pac. That's it's a layup. Damn, Kevin Nash comes out, manages his ass. How about that? How nice would you and I have discussed this? Kevin Nash on color commentary. Yes. Oh, we talked about that. Drinking some wine. Right. Red wine. And Red like, wine. And uh, when when Excalibur is like flipping out, he's like, what the fuck? 
Who is this guy? <laughs> Who the fuck is he? Who is Why are you wearing a fucking... What's with this guy's fucking mask? <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> uh, listening to Kevin Nash shoot interviews, I I probably laugh out loud every 10 minutes or so. Just like the shit that he comes up with, like his delivery on things. It's just fucking unbelievable. He was talking about Ming landing in on him once and just the way that he said it to, he, he was like, so the guy was like, well, how did you react when Ming is landing in? He's like this dangerous guy. And he was like, I was like, hey, fucking easy, man. <laughs> 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 he's like he's like wrestling's big lebowski you know what i want him and rj city to do commentary on like a just do a get a youtube show have them do like this obscure like these matches come out and he's talking about, they're just talking about the wrestlers like boy these guys are going out here and doing all this shit what exactly is the point here it's 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 money it's money, it's money. everything that kevin nash does to me is just 100 percent beautiful I'm with it right now. Hey, I got to make a plug to you for RJ City. He's doing the road to revolution right now. Some quality stuff. People are getting in his car that he's not driving, but he's he's chauffeuring them to the road to, to revolution. And uh, there's some great dynamic between him, Ricky Starks, uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, Dan Housen, Big Show. It's good stuff. So check it out on YouTube, too. Uh, let's see here. Next up, Marcus. Oh, Dominic, go ahead. Hold on. What the fuck is John Howard talking about? I never watched Lucha Underground. Uh-huh. Wasn't that the dude in Lucha that had the long tongue that dropped out of his mouth? Possibly, John. I, I remember what only watching like the first two seasons, I think it was of Lucha Underground. Um, but like I know they introduced a lot of different characters in there. Uh Luchasaurus was that's how he got his, you know, whole identity, I think, was in uh, Lucha Underground. So yeah. um yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Uh I am not as well versed in Lucha Underground, but I do know, I mean you will like Major League Wrestling, I will say that. So, um, but Marcus, this is the match I'm kind of looking forward to the most uh, out of the whole shebang, basically. Well, dog collar match, maybe. But this one's really, really close, if not above it, even. I just like this, what's been going on here. It's Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Um, I just, I'm, you know, these guys are going to tell a a different type of match, you know, and uh, Jericho himself said that he thinks this will be a show stealer, but not in the respect that, you know, wrestling fans typically think will be. Um, we talked about who we think is going to win before, but we'll, we'll give our predictions again. But uh, what do you, what do you expect from this match? Yeah, I think, I think Kingston needs to go over here. doesn't really make any sense for Jericho to go over. Um, Jericho doesn't need the win. He's Teflon at this point. He's legend. He's fine you know, regardless. But however, if Eddie Kingston wins, it makes a big difference in his career. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, it, the only thing that makes sense is Eddie Kingston going over. Also, they kind of gave us a clue because Jericho said he was going to shake his hand if he beats him. So I really, I, I see that how this is ending, Jericho endorsing Eddie Kingston. Originally, my thought was that Eddie Kingston just goes off on him, leaves him laying, completely fucks him up. After the match is over, he continues to whoop his ass, maybe even a stretcher job by Jericho. Then Jericho goes away for a little bit to do Fozzie and then comes back. Uh, but, you know, you thereby position Eddie Kingston as like a, a strong heel. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think that this ends with a handshake and Chris Jericho endorsing him. So, um, a couple things we happened to see on dynamite after, um, oh, some, a segment happened. Oh, between Jericho and I know th- Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Santana Ortiz. I gave Stephen Chambers is referencing this here. Jericho too in the fist chat. Pump. Yeah. What do you think about that? 
uh, come into play? Is it red? Is it like a red herring? Be like, okay, they're gonna pull a fast one. They're gonna have Jericho let his guard down, and they might fuck him over. Or does that mean, hey, we're gonna see Eddie Kingston get the win? It's gonna be amicable, and they're gonna handshake hands, and everybody's gonna be friends. Well, you know, Stephen Chambers saying Santana Ortiz is making me think um, that maybe, maybe they Kingston beats him, and they get ready to do the handshake, and then Kingston is like, nah. And then that's when I, you know, I could totally see Eddie being like, nah, I'm not shaking his hand, you know, even though he offers it. And uh, Jericho maybe comes after him for it. And then Santana Ortiz running. I don't know. It could be fun. I don't know. It's going to, I think it leaves a little intrigue or two. Cause yeah, I mean, heck, I think the route to kind of go, I don't know. Eddie's his own guy. So it's like, you could totally see Eddie being like, fuck you. I'm not shaking your hand. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, that's one I'm looking forward to the most. But yeah, I pick Eddie as well, Marcus. All right, here's one that's really up for grabs. It's the face of the Revolution ladder match. We have Keith Lee versus how many, Wardlow. How many fucking matches are on this thing? It's a stack. It's big, Marcus. That's what happens when you have a card with like 80 people on it. Yeah, or, uh, a roster with 80 people on it. It's like, it's... fuck it, fuck it. The pay per view is going to be seven hours. Seven. It's going to be a long one, I think. So we got. Before you rudely interrupted me here, we have the face mm-hmm. of revolution match. Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Orange Cassie versus Christian Cage for the face of resolution. The winner, I believe, gets a TNT title shot down the road. Who are you picking for this, Marcus? I'm a John Howard Dom Keith Lee. Um, as as much as it's difficult for me to imagine Keith Lee doing like the latter stuff. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying Keith Lee. Yes, uh, he's brand new to the company. Just kind of makes sense to me. Would it, does it, would that uh, who you prefer? Would you prefer somebody else win? Um, well, if there's a TNT title shot at, on the line, I would say I'm looking at the the roster here as it scrolls by there at the bottom. Yeah, either him or Wardlow. Um, uh, Christian Cage and Sammy Guevara would be a lot of fun too. Though. Sammy's not in the match though. Oh, you mean for the match? Yeah, for the TNT title. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think so. Here's where I'm going. I say Wardlow wins the match. Oh, um, they've Dom, been are, set. You, are you doing what Stephen Chambers is saying here? I'm not looking yet. So, okay. but I say Wardlow wins the match, and then I say Keith Lee and Ricky Starks begin to feud uh, more so because Ricky's been uh, making fun of Keith Lee a lot, uh, making fun of his voice, that kind of thing. So I think uh, they're going to start colliding a little bit more. Ricky obviously has the FTW title. I think there will be some some button heads there while Wardlow, this kind of positions Wardlow more so in a role of a he's on his way to stardom kind of thing. Uh, yes, that's my thoughts. What did – oh, Wardlow wins, but MGF will take his title shot. Thereby starting a program with Wardlow there and MGF. You, there you go. That's a pretty good one there, Stephen. I think you might have nailed it. I think you might have nailed it. Uh, all right. So you're going – are you still going with Keith Lee? Yeah, I'm sticking with Keith Lee. All right, I'll go with Wardlow. Marcus. Keith Lee and Sammy Guevara could be a lot of fun. Who that wins? Who goes over? I don't Sammy know, Marcus. Guevara. Honestly, Sammy I thought... Guevara's brand new to the title. Keith Lee's brand new to the promotion. That, see, that's that's what makes it fun because you're like, I don't know who the fuck wins that. Yeah. I You know, I was really thinking that it was a possibility that Andrade was going to win the title last night. So. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I did. Like, I just thought it was time for him to get a belt or, you know, get cooking with him a little bit more. I never thought for a second that Sammy Guevara wasn't leaving with the title. Like I said, it's, you know, Tony Khan is all about, like, uh, protecting belts, as he has put it, the most protected titles in, in wrestling. So uh, whenever somebody wins a title, I always expect them to hold it for a while. Yeah, I, I'm not against, you know, maybe a couple months reign or things like that, especially... You know what I mean? You you're kind of going against the the problem of having such a big roster that you need to get some belts on people for it to mean something to the or for the star for it to mean something. You have to find the balance of that if you have that many people. I don't know. It's something you got to work with. Um, need more people putting over the belts in promos. I think. Yes. Um, like you know, it's the, the greatest prize, et cetera, et cetera. I I'll think, defend it with my life. I think part of it, you know, it's easy to go into these patterns, but you know so much of these promos they, they follow the same route where it's just like okay they're the beginning talk somebody's gonna interrupt them and then that's it you know i i think it would behoove you know AEW a little bit more to to not have that happen all the time or like you know somebody grabbed the mic from tony shivani and said let tony hold the mic and you just do some talking eddie kicks did that the other night which was great like him and tony were kind of fucking palling around a little bit yeah they were gonna go eat some cake eat some cake. um dumb and anybody else in this chat who has not seen it, you got to go watch uh, Arn Anderson promos from like 86 when he's the TV champion. Like he he puts himself over, he puts his opponent over and he puts the belt over in like in like a three minute promo all at once <laughs> like, yeah. where he's like he says like this belt means everything to me. Like he puts over the belt. He talks about how his opponent is really good, but he's not as good as he is. Um, and it's like so he puts his opponent over so that and to his point. Uh, this is what he says on his podcast. He's like, because that way, then if you beat somebody, you're beating somebody. Yeah, yeah. you're beating somebody who's a good wrestler. Josh, um, and it's like, man, that's that's like that's pretty simple psychology. Very um, much. Yeah. So uh, I recommend everybody go back and listen to old Arn, Arn Anderson promos when he, especially when he was the TV champion, because he's just he's masterful. Yes. And he was only like 27, 28, and he's just out there crushing it on these promos. Crazy, but he's he, he moves and. Well, it doesn't move, but he he talks and looks like a forty year old man. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly. Uh, so we didn't talk about this. Uh, how about Top Flight making their return too? By the way, yeah. Um, it's I assume that they're going to win um, because of the return, and the dude was in there last, and I was like, okay, well, he's got the odds stacked against him, both bucks, and he eliminated one buck, and I was like, oh man, all right, so they're they're going to go with Top Flight here. Nope. <laughs> just, just uh more young bucks for you the dom uh they're easy to dislike it, like they're they're good they're good heels yes um and you know they come out and they're dressed like assholes and then <laughs> and then like they just keep winning and everybody knows that they're like they're kind of like management in the company and they keep like beating people in important mm -hmm. spots yeah so it's like so it's i don't think they're doing it because they're marks i think that they're doing <laughs> it yeah i agree with you I, I think that they're doing it because they know that it annoys people. <laughs> they know that it fucks the shit out of people. <laughs> right. So it's, I think it's, I, honestly, it's, it makes them hateable and it's smart. You know, people are going to go back and look at this stuff and think about the Young Bucks in that light of like, damn, they're really good heels. Yes. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. And they know that everybody knows. So yeah. they're like, fuck it. Let's, let's be assholes. <laughs> fuck then. it. Let's be total dicks. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep, let's keep winning. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Marcus, we have the AW Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the champion, defending her belt against friend of the show, Thunder Rosa. 
Marcus. I'm I'm bummed out, Dominic. Why is that? I'm, I'm bummed out because Thunder Rosa got a clean victory over Britt Baker on Dynamite, um, which means that Thunder Rosa is doing the job at this pay per view. You think that's gonna happen? You do. She she pinned uh, Britt Baker clean middle of the ring on Dynamite. Um, I, and maybe that's what the, the the convention of wrestling wants you to think, Marcus. Well, look, I've been watching wrestling now for God a long time. <laughs> it's more than twenty years, twenty four years about. Um, and in the history of wrestling, anytime you see that, you kind of know what's coming next. So uh, I think. I think that Thunder Rosa is uh, going to count the lights at the end of this one. I think you're wrong. I'm going Thunder Rosa. I think it's- Dude, the, the fan of me is like, Thunder Rosa is going to win. She's, she's the best wrestler in the world. Tony Khan finally sees it, um, and she's going to win the belt, and I'm excited. And uh, the feud with Britt Baker, uh, you know, she'll she'll get the upper hand in it. But no, dude, like, just logically, how does it make sense for her to beat Thunder Rosa, or uh, rather Britt Baker clean? And then beat her again. What does that do for Britt Baker at all? I don't think it hurts her. I don't think it hurts her. So I think you, if she loses the title, she is a heel. And to our point, I think what you said before is Britt Baker doesn't need the title to be over. She's already over. So uh, and now that she's had the title, she she can walk around with that accolade on her resume. So um, I think it's time Thunder Rosa wins. I think they're pulling a fast one on you by. Thunder Rosa getting the clean win for the clean pinfall against Brit. And uh, it's going to happen again here at uh, Revolution. I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see our friend of the show, uh, our our top star, and Thunder Rosa get that belt, baby. I hope so. I hope friend of the show, Thunder Rosa, pulls it off. But I don't think she's going to. Mm. Oh, see, okay. Give us a little clue, Dom. Steven Chambers says, Thunder Rosa, new champion, thanks to Hater. Hater face turn. That could uh, that could kind of happen. They've been kind of more so positioning Mercedes Martinez in that role of, you know. Hey, that's the other thing too, Marcus. Um, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez they have matching uniforms, outfits. Uh, is that maybe a foreboding sign? Maybe we'll see some women's tag titles in the mix here. I wouldn't hate it, but I would hate seeing uh, Thunder Rosa as a women women's tag champion. I think she, I think she belongs yes. in in a solo world title picture. She to me is 1997 Stone Cold, really starting to break out and like really kind of starting to get all that fan support and prove her worth. Um, and it's like I don't want to see 97 Stone Cold doing anything but chasing the belt. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna see. Thunder Rosa get the W. Okay. I really hope so, man. I hope so. I know Long that Tony Khan. I know that Tony Khan listens to the podcast. So, <laughs> so Tony, if if you have Britt Baker penciled in for the win right now, go ahead and erase that shit because um, <laughs> Thunder Rosa's money. Well, also, what is going to be a money match? I think is pretty much the big featured match here. Of hey, wait, one last thing. Yes. Um, I think that Thunder Rosa does the job, and I think that Mercedes Martinez double crosses her. Oh, so you think it's still okay? I just, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but okay. All right. We got the dog collar match CM Punk versus MJF. Uh, really great way to, to send home this match was on Dynamite. Uh, Punk caught a very good promo too on Rampage afterwards, like him uh, getting all patched up with blood on his face. Um, Marcus, did you know 
that what MJF said at the end of Dynamite is the exact same promo CM Punk cut in ROH years back. What do you say? Being the devil himself. Oh. And all that stuff. You go, there's a clip of CM Punk saying those exact same things. Wow. Uh, and so MJF was paying homage to his nemesis. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn cool. Yeah. So, Marcus, where is this going to go? Uh, does MJF go over? Does CM Punk go over in this blow-off match? Uh, what's what's happening here? CM Punk wins. Um, he dropped two in one night to MJF. Um, and I think that he gets his win back and we continue marching on, um, with, with CM Punk and really where this ends up ultimately, in my opinion, is I think that MJF is, is going to be our next AEW world's heavyweight champion. And I think that we're, we're moving toward, uh, Punk and MJF in a, in another one down the road, um, for, with the, with the big belt on the line. And I think you can let that simmer a little bit for a while too before you have those two cross paths again um i what was i gonna say with this i think this more lines up too with what stephen chambers was saying earlier in the evening when wardlow wins the title or not wins the title but wins the match you have mjf lose so mjf is bitter as fuck and he wants to take his aggression down on somebody he takes out on wardlow and be like hey you're giving me that title shot i know i said one thing but i mean this now you work for me blah 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 Kind of sets it up a lot in that regard. So, uh, yeah, and it just makes sense. Uh, MJF, he's a heel. He's positioned in a heel role, so he's okay to lose. You know, uh, they, they got to get their comeuppance, and this is, I mean, geez, like he bloodied him up pretty darn good. So he beat him CM twice gonna make in one pay. night. Yes. So I think it's, I think, yes, Punk definitely wins this one. Yes. Um, let's see some comments here real quick. MJF is cool. That's what uh, John Howard wants to see. Uh, I don't. I don't know that uh, that uh, WWE's announcer Cole is going to be coming to AEW, but it could be an interesting match. Marks, this is off topic, but I feel like we should maybe touch upon this just a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you happen to catch any of Vince McMahon's interview with Pat McAfee? Very, very little. I'm talking like maybe two minutes of it. I plan on watching the whole thing. I'm just. I'm busy, dude. Dude, it's pretty fascinating. Um, Yeah, from what I've heard, Vince was like, somebody said, this is about as close as you're ever going to get to seeing Vince just being himself. It was pretty darn close, for sure. Like, uh, you know, as much hell as we give Vince sometimes and his creative decision making and stuff like that, somebody that uh, I wouldn't mind having a beer with, (laughs) you know? He seemed like an interesting dude and like a very down to earth dude. Um, and you can kind of see why a lot of the talent plays into his favor too. Like after they, you know, part ways or they get cut from the company, they don't want to fault Vince for that. I think Vince is pretty damn likable. And like he is like, you can see, and you know, if he was able to take a step back out of some of this stuff, maybe his mentality or bubble that he is. in, like, he's a very perceptive dude. Like uh, you don't, you don't get where he is without being really, really smart and very, very perceptive. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he's, I think he's really bright. And yeah, I mean, everything I've heard about Vince is like, you know, it, it, he treats everybody the same. Like whether you're like a, a talent or just like some slapdick intern backstage, he, he treats everybody the same with respect. Um, and yeah, uh, no, I, I like Vince McMahon and we do give him shit. Uh, mostly I don't like what his product is like right now yeah, because I've yeah. seen how great it can be. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, he's an interesting cat to say the least. 
But no, no. man, I mean, you, there's no argument. The most important figure in the entirety of the history of wrestling, dating back to, name it, 20s, yeah. 1800s, 1700s, uh, nobody has been bigger or more influential than Vince McMahon in the entire history. Just think about that. Yeah. This guy's alive during our lifetime, and he's the most influential human being in the history of an industry. It's it, he's greatly why we're making <laughs> we're partially making a living here, you yeah. know. We're like you know being in part of this, talking about it right now. Dom, if it was still just the territories, if Vince McMahon never existed, and there were just like a bunch of uh, wrestling territories around, um, uh, no, we're not having this conversation because wrestling is never on like the mainstream. It's all it's territorial, mm-hmm. right? You know, no, it's a good interview, Marcus. I definitely encourage you to give it a watch. You like Pat too. Pat's good shit. Love Pat so, McAfee. It's funny. Yeah. I yeah. actually watched like the opening when Vince came out. That was like the two minutes that I saw where Pat's, uh, you know, Vince comes out and it's, it's fucking Vince McMahon. You know, anybody would be intimidated. And Pat's like, dude, I can't fucking believe you're here. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince had sneaks on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild scene. All right. We'll close it out here with the main event. It is. Oh, wow. I did this wrong. It's the AEW World Championship. Adam Hangman Page versus Adam Cole, baby. The Battle of the Adams. Adams. Adam versus Adam. Mm-hmm. An Adam bomb. If oh, you know. wow. Um, what if What if he does a run-in? Wow. What if? Who what other Adams do we have? Is <laughs> that the only Clark. other one? Brian Clark with a run-in to decide the match. It's Brian Clark. No, no, but they would have to call him Adam Bomb. Yes. <laughs> Adam Clark. Adam Clark. Yeah, that would also be fun. It's Adam um, Clark. You know, I was thinking about this today, Dominic. Uh, Hangman Page is the uh, the champion of the company. In theory, the face of the company, the flag bearer, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think about Hangman Page very often uh, when I think about AEW. Like when I'm tuning into Dynamite, I'm like, I wonder what CM Punk is going to do. I wonder when Thunder Rose is going to come out. Um, it's, oh, Brian Danielson. Oh, John Moxley. Uh, where's Kenny Omega been? Uh, Cody's gone. I, th- I think about that kind of thing, but I don't think about the world heavyweight champion and it's not his fault. I think he's still really over with the crowd. I think what's happening is we are featuring or Tony Khan is featuring, um, CM Punk and he's featuring Daniel Bryan. And then Hangman Page comes out at the end, uh, and his, his two little geeky followers come out dressed like him and they have a little match. And, and then that's, that's that. <laughs> and like he, we're not getting like a ton of promos we're not getting like you know a hangman paid with like super high stakes with like people uh bloodying him um you know this the cm punk storyline is tremendous stuff um it's a great great storyline very compelling we can all relate to it um from both ends where it's like you're a wrestling fan and then all of a sudden you're not a fan anymore now now you're competing against your your hero um so i i think it, it's something that we can all wrap our heads around but then there's adam page and it's like well what's he what's he got going on well his name is adam and he's fighting another guy named adam and also here's his little friends who like him and they're dressed like he is and they're gonna come out and have a tag match <laughs> and it's like they're not giving him a strong enough storyline i don't think they're putting their best foot forward with hangman page yeah you think I mean, like, the thing is, like, with Cole coming in, it was like, okay, that's big time. Like, this could be really good because we want to see Cole positioned in that, like, top star role and, you know, vying for that world championship. I think the issue was, is, like, they introduced him and he was got, he fell victim a little bit to getting lost in the elite shuffle there. 
And so when you, you have that happen, you don't have him heated up enough uh, for, for something like this. And then you have at that same show, uh, Hangman Page wins the title. And uh, you, well, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was that was afterwards. That was at the uh, full gear. Didn't he win at full gear? I can't remember. Did he win at full gear at the title? I don't. I don't know that it's I think super he did. important. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, I think he did. Anywho, so he wins the title, and then you just don't have him in a in a huge program. Like you know, I think you needed to. You need to kind of cultivate. Cole a little bit more into that direction of okay, he's in that main event level, ready to roll. He looks like he's in contention and everything like that. Whereas, you know, you want, I think you want, you know, you you have Hangman slay the dragons of uh, Lance Archer, but then you also have him slay a, a dragon like to the level of like a Brian Danielson, which he did, but like you have him do that a little bit more because it just doesn't seem. Yeah, it seems like. He almost needs to like beat a John Moxley still too, or something like that. And Look, then to me, it's not even about who he's who he's beating or who he's defeating. Uh, it's like, but let's let's have some substance in his in his promos and his storylines. Um, there's just it's it's substanceless. Um, yeah, you know, no, I... where the where these other guys are giving us something that we can really fucking sink our teeth into. It's mm-hmm. like what's his I, like? I couldn't tell you what his heat is with Adam Cole. Uh, uh, like, they were like both in ROH together, right? Okay. Um, and and, and the, he was the lesser Adam. A lesser Adam. But yeah, that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, that's about it. And here's John Howard. He's saying like he's being groomed to be the next Austin at fail. If they are grooming him to be the next Austin, it is a fail. Because like Austin was coming out giving these incredible, compelling promos uh, where he was just like fucking eviscerating people. And uh, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Dominic, would Steve Austin come out with two guys dressed up like like Steve Austin behind him <laughs> for a tag match? It's a good point. And you know what, Marcus? Like, you know, that does. I don't think that necessarily means Hangman has to be in Austin. He's not like he's not stone cold. I, but th- I, I think he needs to be this like lone wolf fucking yes, cowboy. Like, I he, agree with you. He needs to be more Clint Eastwood. I agree with you. I think. But he doesn't need to be like the outlaw beer drinking, you know, even though that was a fun thing for him. I think he just needs to be positioned in the light of who he is, who he actually is. And he elevates that. Uh, So, like, he doesn't necessarily have to be like, okay, uh, uh, don't DTA, don't trust anybody, fucking middle fingers and kick your ass. He, He can be an ass kicker and he can, you know, have a personality, which he does. But you just elevate his personality to that and give the give him that opportunity. I'm with you. Like they need to they need to establish him more so as a lone wolf, you know, to that, you know, defending world champion that doesn't give a shit about anybody, but still is kind of that millennial cowboy. That's his own person. You know what I mean? So you know, I, I, I saw this thing a while ago and it was like it was it was some article on it on like advice for dating. Um and you know, essentially what it said, like as as a dude. Uh, here's the advice for dating: Never do anything that James Bond wouldn't do. Um, so, like, if, if like, would James Bond call a girl crying? Probably not. <laughs> you know. So, so like, I, I sort of put it in the same vein with with Hangman Page. Like, never do something that John Wayne wouldn't do. Never do something that Clint Eastwood wouldn't do. Never do something that Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't do. And like so far, he's not checked all those boxes uh, in in his AEW run. You know, it's, it's Stone Cold would not come out with two guys dressed like him. 
uh, Stone Cold would not be interested in being like the the varsity jock who's like friends with all the band kids. Um, he he would uh, he wouldn't show vulnerability like like uh, Hangman Page did early on with like seeming to have a drinking problem or whatever the fuck that storyline was there for a while. Um, it's it, I I don't like the direction that page is moving in and like like i said dominic it's a real problem that i tune into that program and i don't even think i'm like hangman page comes out at the end i'm like oh yeah he's the champ there he is um i'm not thinking about him all night like i should be anticipating hey when's when's hangman page gonna come out not he comes out and i'm like oh yeah that guy yeah no i i think there's there's a lot to be said to that like i love hangman page and i think he can be like a top you know the reaction he gets and uh, the connection that he has with fans, I think it's there. You just have to put him in that light to do that and position it and give that time for him to showcase who he is as a person. Like, again, I don't think it's an issue to kind of show vulnerability or things like that. I think that's kind of part of who he is. A different brand of vulnerability. A different brand of vulnerability, yes. Like, where it's just like, okay, you know, he's he's somebody that is thoughtful or like has these certain things and maybe doesn't sometimes maybe questions a little bit of his confidence or something like that, but not to the level where it's you don't lose that. Like, okay, this guy's a badass and an ass kicker too. So like stone cold would show vulnerability. Like, uh, um, he got the undertaker tied him to like a cross or whatever. Like that's pretty vulnerable. He can't really protect yourself. You're being lifted up into the ceiling. It's like, Oh, the undertaker really got the better of him here. Right. Um, but the whole time that that's happening, you're kind of thinking like, well, when Stone Cold gets off that thing, he's going to, he's, he's going to go fuck up the undertaker. Yeah. You know? Um, so that kind of vulnerability is fine. Um, but no, I mean the vulnerability where it's like kind of, it, it can be perceived that you're, you're showing weakness, uh, a weakness in your character. I don't know that it's a good thing. I think and look, and, and look, I mean, we all have weaknesses in our character and it makes him human. And I, I think that that's great, but we're not, we're not fucking doing Shakespeare here. This is pro wrestling. And I like, I like it when things are painted with a broad brush. Uh, John Howard, we are planning on being on every Saturday. That's, that's the plan. I'm yes. very, very busy. So is my slapdick brother over there. Um, but we try to make it happen every Saturday and we've been nailing it for four straight weeks or it. whatever. It is. Five straight weeks for me, but uh, mm-hmm. we're for Marcus here. So yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So yes, this, uh, the plan is every Saturday around this time. We usually, you know, seven to eight around that time we get things kicking and talk about for this amount of time. So, um, so, but as far as what's left uh, market, oh, sorry. yes. Uh, Stephen Chambers, Stone Cold may wrestle at WrestleMania first time in 19 years. Uh, Dom, do you see that happening? Uh, Mark Madden made the pitch that, um, potentially that we could see, um, this was like earlier on before Pat was even announced to be at wrestling at WrestleMania, but now Pat is scheduled to wrestle Austin theory at WrestleMania. Um, what if, uh, it turned into a tag match with Pat McAfee and stone cold versus Austin theory and Vince McMahon. Um, wouldn't hate it. Possibility, Um, right? Um, I think if you're going to do it, it's probably the way to do it. Um, I guess I just, if I was Austin and, you know, things like that, I would want more build and I'd want more of an intriguing story. I think Dom, that story kind if, of plays to itself, but I don't know. I don't know, man. What if Tony Khan calls Steve Austin and he says, Hey, look, forget what WWE is offering you. I'll double it or whatever. You bring Steve Austin in and Dominic, you haven't tagged with fucking Brian Pillman and they're the Hollywood blondes. <laughs> 
And Stone Cold comes out with like a pasted on blonde wig. <laughs> and he's doing he's doing that all the I know. I mean, I'm just fucking around. But that being said, if I were Tony Khan and Stone Cold's on the market and he's thinking about a match, him and CM Punk uh, would sell out I'd every get on arena. It would it would ruin like whatever streaming service people are using for pay per views would just crash. It would be like yeah. So I would you know if he I think Stone, Stone Cold Stone Cold holds a little bit of loyalty though to WWE and Vince McMahon. I think and of course why yeah. would you not? They yeah. made him they made him a millionaire. Right. So I think that's that is part of the issue. Um, Stephen Chambers says, uh, excuse me, Kevin Owens has been making fun of Texas Stone Cold versus Owens Battle of the Stunners. I just don't like that. I think it's too shoehorned in, especially like I would be more for uh, the tag match that we were just pitching. But just because it's just too rushed, it just doesn't have a I love Kevin Owens and I think he can be, you know, a top figurehead there. But it's just they have not positioned. It's kind of in the. Right now, it's like the longer, broad version of what Adam Cole is in AEW, where it's, I don't think he's got to have the time to heat up. Or he's at the time. He's at the opportunities. They just haven't given it to him, and then they, they keep pulling the rug out from under him. So I, I think I think cool that they're that. doing it. They're doing it hoping that Stone Cold is going to sign on. Um, but I think that their backup plan is Booker T. Oh, sucker. Another Texas boy. Texas boy. Make fun of Texas. Booker T will give you the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, speaking of unexpected, do you have any unexpected surprises showing up here at Revolution? What do you think there, Mark? Um, I, I think that somebody's probably going to. It seems to be like the thing, right, where somebody somebody shows up. Um, where the fuck is Wyndham Rotunda, Dom? Are you just doing some Hollywood shit, I think? Like, he was, doing, he was off doing some acting stuff, I think. Um, heck, you know... There's been plenty of time where they've let him simmer. If that's if they were planning to bring him in at some point, so maybe we see something like that. Um, I just it's again though. I think it falls. Could okay. Let me pitch it to you this way. So do you think there's more of an odds that we will see a surprise appearance or less that we're just going to get a straight up show here? I think because they did that. I think, I think there's going to be a surprise. You think there's going to be a surprise? I think I think there will. Dom, uh, Stephen Chambers said, "Cody, uh, <laughs> does Cody get booed if he comes out?" <laughs> that's that's the question. I could I could honestly see him getting booed if he comes back. You know what? If Cody comes back, though, I think you really got to dig in and just go full blown heel, right? If you are Cody, I I would think so. Dom, it, this here's the answer. Stephen Chambers, the Briscoes. You think the Briscoe's coming in? I think so. Uh, we're at like where would you throw him here? Maybe FTR comes out and does a promo. I don't know. But FTR's kind of been, aren't they feuding with Red Dragon? It seems a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is how you get it off of them. I don't know. I don't know. I the Briscoes are good shit though. Uh, Dom, let's answer John's uh, question here, and then we got to sign off. You piece of shit. I'm busy. Um, <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes. Not John, Jesus! Yeah, no. I think like I'm calling, calling John a piece. I I love John. Dom, you're a piece <laughs> of shit. Um, <laughs> no. uh, John is saying, not sure if he answered this on the last show. Thoughts on EC3 and Braun's show? Uh, Braun is and EC3 are they're starting their own little, little something. They're um, free the narrative stuff. So it's like more so on the things of that. Um, people have been like making associations um, with uh, like political stuff and things like that um you know i I think what ec3 has been presenting over the course of 
of time since he's left, you know, uh, it was since he was released with WWE. He's been doing quality work and like really honing in on like his character and things like that. And like kind of going outside the box of, you know, how uh, wrestling is presented in, in certain ways. Um, I think he's a very smart person and I think he, he knows what he's doing. I think it's like, you know, uh, I don't know all the certain details and I don't want to dive too much into this because people have been uh, projecting some things out there that I'm not sure is concrete or not. So, uh, but as far as EC3, I like his work and I think he's a smart guy for wrestling and um, you know, he's able, he's honed himself to where, you know, EC3 was a character based off of Dixie Carter and look at where he's at right now. So it's just like, he's, he's somebody that knows what he's doing. And I think, uh, you know, from this, uh, it's a definitely a unique take on, on wrestling and how to present it. Um, and, you know, I just, I hope it works out. And I think, you know, he's given these guys opportunities like Bill Carr um, from team tremendous. He's been a part of, uh, he did this really neat, vignette uh promo thing that was really like creepy and weird like he's watching the cannibal holocaust or whatever that shit was called and like just eating cereal out of a pot it was like weird but it was like fucking good like i was like this guy's really good <laughs> so i mean i don't know i try not to look at it from a, a perspective of maybe what people are getting the impression of or if there's a clear-cut thing with it but like you know uh yeah i i like ec3 and what he's been presenting for the most part so yeah, I, I, that's kind of my thoughts on it, if that makes any sense, John. <laughs> Roundabout way. Well, that took that took about forty five minutes. or don't <laughs> answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly shocked that Braun Strowman uh, wasn't brought in somewhere. Um, just because, you know, it's much like Wyndham Rotunda. Uh, tons of tons of equity in him. You know, just just based on the fact that he's his, he's had his face all over TV for years with WWE action figures, T-shirts, et cetera, et cetera, video games, where it's like this dude's face has has been all over the place, and then all of a sudden he's just gone, and it's it felt like nobody was interested. So yeah, I mean, good for them getting their their shit going on uh, outside of the business, and you know, uh, more wrestling the better. Yes, agreed for everybody. Yes uh let's see yeah i have to look up the lucha underground dude i think i kind of know what you're talking about i remember seeing like a black tongue and that kind of thing and it being like really creepy looking it sounds grotesque yes uh like you marcus um <laughs> but you cool. know what's not grotesque is stuff going on in ad free shows why don't you talk about that a little bit huh what a transition dominic what a transition uh yeah man uh we're, we're keeping very very busy over there i all of our members say the same thing all the time where it's like you guys pull out all of the stops it's like we do we we do not back off we've got some really awesome guests coming up on on adfreeshows.com um i i can say recently something really cool that happened was uh every other sunday we do rebels happy hour so uh rebel reba uh, from AEW, she comes and has some drinks with our with our members. And uh, Dom, guess who dropped in this time? Well, I I'm gonna guess again. It's Lance Archer. Uh, that's correct. Uh, you you got the inside intel, but yeah. No, man. you said you said this last week. Oh, did I? Uh huh. Oh, okay. It was Lance Archer, Dominic. He came in. He came in had some some adult beverages with the crew and hung out and answered questions. And it's it's just it's really cool, man. Um, and uh, we've got Chris Van Vliet. A uh, famous, famous uh, interviewer, announcer, YouTube and television personality. He's coming in um, to uh, 
to uh, do a Q&A with our members. And uh, I mean, the trend just continues, Dom. Uh, you know a couple. Let's not name them because I think we're still waiting to surprise people. But uh, man, we've got some huge, massive Hall of Fame names coming in to uh, to chat with our members. So it's really cool. Um, John Howard is asking, whereabouts are you guys doing these, these get-togethers? John, check out adfreeshows.com. Um, it is uh, related to Conrad Thompson's uh, podcast network. Conrad Thompson, if you're unfamiliar, is Ric Flair's uh, son-in-law. Who uh, he's he started a podcast empire. Um, he's done incredible, incredible work. Great personalities. Um, and Dominic and I both uh, work for that network. Dominic works for a sister network called uh, Podcast Heat. But in in any case, uh, yeah, check it out. And by the way, um, check it out with a free trial. Go to adfreetrial.com. You get a ten day free trial. Um, so go go check it out for yourself. It's really, really cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a wrestling community. So all these people have become really good friends. Actually, a lot of our members now are, are buddies away from ad-free shows. Like, they'll get together. They have get-togethers, yeah. Yeah, they have get-togethers and hang out. So we've, we've built a really cool, fun community. And if you're a wrestling fan and you like what we're doing, you like, you like podcasts, you like talking wrestling, you like hearing from other people who love wrestling, ad-free shows, community, man, it's where it's at. Where, what level do you get when you go to the Discord? You know, are you aware of where, where you get access? You know, to the Discord? I'm I'm really not familiar with with the Discord situation. I've heard it discussed in some of our meetings and stuff, but really, uh, with my job duties, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm just very disconnected from it. So that's a good question. Don. But it's a good um, that's a good communal environment too like is that everybody chats on discord with one another i feel like i feel like if you're just a member you can get in on the discord chat yeah i would think i think remember at any level i i assume so so it's it's a neat dynamic though definitely a neat dynamic yeah. And like, you know, not to mention, and this will be the last thing I say about it, is that like part of this network, uh, let's see, you've got Arn Anderson, you've got Eric Bischoff, you've got Jeff Jarrett, uh, Bruce Pritchard is in there, uh, Tony Schiavone, good old JR, Jim Ross, um, and I'm leaving somebody off. Kurt though. Angle. Kurt Angle, for crying out loud. I mean, th- we've got all these great personalities, and guess what? They do Q&As once a month. Uh, or, or somewhere in that neighborhood, they do regular, semi-regular Q and A's with our with our members uh, that are at the highest level. Um, I think it's highest and second highest level, which would be uh, top guy and uh, and my push members. Um, they do Q and A's. You get to do, just like we're doing right now, except except it's live. You can actually you're like it would be like me and Dom asking each other questions, you know. So you're in these chats with these people. It's really cool. Um, so yeah, if you're a wrestling fan, take your wrestling fandom to the next level with adfreeshows.com. Dominic, what's going on in your world? Oh, uh, let's see. So, uh, podcast heat, I write, I, I work for and uh, the extreme life of Matt Hardy has the broken becoming broken series where Matt is diving in to him becoming broken. Matt Hardy way back, uh, in the, uh, TNA days of like 2015 and everything like that. So he's, he's getting in that, uh, discussion. That's uh very interesting. And, uh, what's, uh, trans, uh, send a transcendent uh, wrestling personality in the broken character. So uh, give a tune into that. Wise Wrestling has been great. Good feedback in that regard. Um, such a unique outside perspective that people wouldn't really think about. Uh, are two wise, the wise, Kim Orton, wife of Randy Orton, and uh, Giovanna Angle, the wife of Kurt Angle, uh, just having a happy hour with John Alba and uh, drinking and chatting away. It's good stuff. Um, so and they talked about food and that episode sure is wild. So you want to check that out. I also, uh, work for the, uh, 
Leading Right and Turning Left podcast with uh, NASCAR legend uh, Hermie Sadler and uh, Virginia Senator Bill Stanley as they talk about uh, small business and everything like that. They have some interesting uh, personalities from NASCAR to politics going in on there. So that's more of your ilk. Take a look at that. Um, as far as WrestleZone is concerned, oh, we have an interview with Powerhouse Hobbs as he talks uh, going into the Face of Revolution match. So tune into that one. Uh, if you want more AEW content before the show kicks off here, whether you're listening to this uh, live or tomorrow, uh, Bill Pritchard, Colin Tessier uh, are joined by two other guests to preview AEW Revolution as well. So uh, give that a listen as well if you want more AEW content. Um, as far as what's on my landscape, I am an open book, so um, I will be headed to WrestleMania in Dallas. So uh, I'll be doing. If all you guys the are gonna be there, look up down. Say howdy doody to me, and uh, maybe we'll have a good rootin' tootin' good time down there. Who down in Texas? Who we? So I'll be there on the beat. I don't know exactly where I'll be at and where I'll be going, but I'll be there, and uh, hopefully. Uh, on the beat of making some news. So there we go. That's what's on my tap for me, Marcus. Uh, I have a lot of FOMO that I'm not down there for revolution this time around in uh, Orlando, but heck you got to kind of balance things out. So I'm planning to go to double or nothing week there coming up in May. So I'll be in the mix there. Hopefully. So busy, busy boy with all your travels dumb before we, uh, before we sign off, let's just address one other thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archer, AEW, according to Stephen Chambers, uh, his contract expires at the end of the month. Oh. Um, and uh, what what do you think happens? Resign? I think he resigns. I think he resigns. And yeah, um, to John's point, it'd be kind of neat to see him be in ROH. You know, um, maybe he's one of those select few that you position over there. I would like to see him in there. Uh, get Hook in there. Get, uh, get a lot of different other guys that you want to put up into that level of like, hey, you know who I'd like to see as a tag team in ROH? Butcher and Blade. Get those guys like back. Uh, Boy, but the Butcher is in tremendous shape. Dude, the Butcher. I want him to be a friend of the show, Marcus. Bunk we got to get Butch. him on here. Let's get Bunk him on the show. Butch. I want to talk Christopher Cross with him. I want to just. Buffalo sports. Buffalo sports, whatever, man. I'm game for whatever. I want to get the Butcher on the show. I'll set it up, dude. Um, and by try. the way, by the way, guys, we've had Thunder Rosa on the show. We've had Eddie Kingston on the show. We've had Danny Limelight on the show. So go back into the archives, uh, if you will. We've had Crowbar. Crowbar, of course. How could I forget? Mm-hmm. Awesome Crowbar. Um, so we've had some really cool guests on this show. So go back into the archives, check it out. Um, and yeah, uh, stay tuned, guys, because we got some we have more coming. We're not going anywhere. We're trying to be here every Saturday. That's right. Hey, John. Okay. I got to touch upon this because he's one of my favorites. Killer Cross, that'd be awesome to see him coming to AEW. I think he would be a really good. Could you imagine him and Bray Wyatt together, Marcus? Man. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a little space now, Dom, you know, with ROH coming on. So uh, sky's the limit, baby. Mm -hmm. And to add on to that, John, Killer Cross is going to be in Major League Wrestling. So go to YouTube.com and check. go to YouTube, type in Major League Wrestling. You'll catch all of Fusion. There's a little vignette of him coming to Major League Wrestling. So he's there. Uh, so that's where you can get your taste of Killer Cross for this moment in time. John, while you're over there, make sure you check out Alexander Hammerstone. He's a badass yes. dude. Super cool. Who's their champion, though? Alexander Hammerstone, baby. Oh, uh, who did he beat for it, though? Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu of the Fatu family. You are going to um, like him a lot, too. Man. 
badass dude. So yes. uh, yeah, check out MLW. I'm a fan of MLW. I've seen very little of it, but every time I watch it, I'm like, this is fucking great. It's quality stuff. Yeah, they they know what they're doing over there. So, and I've done their recaps, weekly recaps for going on two years now, over two years at this point. So, I've been in tune with it for that long. So just I I highly recommend it. So All right, Dom. The tape machines are rolling. We gotta go. Yes. Hey, <laughs> guess what? We'll see you guys next week. After AW Revolution, we'll talk about all about the happenings, what's going down, just like we always do each and every week. Marcus, it's so wonderful to join you. I have not seen you in person since Christmas. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, we live very close to each other, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, you saw my Christmas presents, so still uh, got we got presents. Figure, we figure this out. The trees no more, but the presents are still here. Baby. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna swing by and get my presents and immediately <laughs> pop leave. on in. Yep, and then uh, <laughs> just. just <laughs> Heady on out. I still got Piper's gifts, too. All right. Well, we'll make it happen. All right, guys. We'll see you next week right here on two Dynamite Dudes on, on a Rampage. Page. See you guys. See you guys. Enjoy Rampage. Enjoy Revolution. Everybody says you're so messed up. But you know, idiot on